from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Wednesday, May 22nd, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Heck Hoffels. Yes, Cameron, it's nice to see Over you. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And joining us from Nashville, Tennessee, our newest cast member, author, speaker, podcaster extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Appreciate that intro. <laughs> she was like visibly taken aback <laughs> by the term extraordinaire. Like, no. huh? Well, I've never so. I, I never guess. <laughs> <laughs> Happy I to be here. I was waiting on you to say all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Excited to be here. Uh, we are, uh, we're actually, can I do the announcement now? Yeah, what? Seven oh. shows a week we're going to be doing. Seven <laughs> Relevant podcast a week. We're going to be doing a seven hour, two a day. Um, two a day. Because this is football. It's high school can football I, status. Two days. Can I share my favorite burn tweet of the week? Yes, please. Because we, we have heard a resounding amount of positive feedback about the two shows a week. Yeah. So much they're so. They're shorter, they're more digestible. You get to the good guests quicker. Right. You know, a lot of people like it. Because when I heard we were going to do shows, my basic reaction was, well, who cares? I mean, yeah. fine. You agree. Instead you of one, two and a half hour show, let's do two hour shows. Yeah, it's still the same math, yeah. basically. Someone took the time to tweet, I can't listen to the show anymore. Right. It's too much. Two in a week, it's just throwing off my chi. Um, to that, no, I No, he said, no, throwing off his Saturdays. Throwing off his Saturdays. Because, yeah. he, because there's two waiting for him on Saturday. Right. Of he, the same length. So one plus length. one equals two, but right. I understand. And, and so, but, but the idea of listening to the two-hour podcast on Saturday, yeah. he can't wrap his head around listening to two one-hour podcasts on Saturday. Right. And I, I understand. I subscribe and unsubscribe from shows all the time. Sure. But he tweeted about it, it but I just, just wanted to say... It just be the pressure of having one sitting there from Wednesday to Saturday. That is pressure. The person who doesn't have any red numbers on their iPhone who doesn't have any notifications waiting on him. They like to clear everything out. He may just be a clearer. I, okay. Well, so that's, okay. That, sounds, okay. that sounds like a personal problem to me. <laughs> For me that, sounds just like, that sounds like it's sort of like podcast OCD that we can help you get out of. That's you know, right. so, like, yeah. we need to get you out of your comfort zone, weirdo. Just listen to two back to back, just like you normally did. And nothing well, changed for you. And nothing. you can, you can like, hey, this guest doesn't sound as exciting as the other guest. Yeah. You, you can skip that or, episode. Man, y'all, I mean, y'all are really giving it to this one guy who tweeted, but he already unsubscribed, so he's not listening. So. No, no uh, he didn't. He doesn't know. No, no, but Good that's point. my theory. It's like, we can make fun of the that's, Amish. They won't know. No, no, that's my theory. He's listening. <laughs> oh, he's listening. He'll hear this. That's you what think I'm he's saying. Listening? And we're, Oh, yes. He just if he's listening, so he's still going to go and look. Is it like a kid acting out because they want attention? Is seven. that why he went through that whole tweet? What, what, what's your theory? Seven shows a week. This seven is what we're doing. I like you the two love days us. idea, Jesse. You either love us or you leave us, but we're doing seven. You're welcome because that is the most holy number. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the, uh, you know, we said at the beginning of the month we were going to experiment with the format change this month. Yes. To see if it connected, to mm-hmm. see if it, it felt good here, if we enjoyed yes. it, if y'all enjoyed it. Um, so I guess after this week, we'll, we'll assess whether or not we're going to go back to the old format or, or keep going with this one. But my, my, my hunch is my vote is yes. Yeah, I love it. Let's keep going. I think it's great. I like more digestible yeah, me too. pieces of it. Well, and, and think about even the guests who join us. Like yeah. when we would have two on a previous, the previous format, 
you know, it would be difficult for one of the guests to, to tweet it out to even their followers to go, Hey, I'm on this week's show. Fast forward to an hour 53, you know, to, if right. you want to hear me. So now yeah. it's just like, yeah, I'm on, I'm the, I'm the guest on this episode and there's some other stuff too, but it's not like an hour and a half of other stuff. You know. By the way, any guests who have done that have been blacklisted and will never be on the show again. <laughs> they will <laughs> never go to the fast forward. So I am on the sixth hour of a very special relevant podcast. That's what they get. <laughs> we have a great show coming up for you today. Um, we talked to movie star, TV star, Aubrey Plaza. Oh, yeah. It's coming up from Parks and Rec wow. and many others. She's on the cover of the current issue of Relevant. If you've read that article, what you will hear today is part of that conversation, but some new stuff too. So. I love that she has yeah. broken out of from the Parks and Rec world and it's just like yeah. she's like a well, yeah. I mean, bona fide movie star. One now. of the part of what we talked to her about in our, our piece is, you know, the kind of the national conversation around mental health that's yes. happening right now. Her, right. her show and her character that she's currently in um, really is, uh, le- you know, part of that conversation. It's really mm-hmm. interesting how she's making that part of her um you know, acting career. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we're recording the uh, this this week at a slightly different time because yes. last night, very 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 late, Jesse and I both returned from Montana. We were yeah somewhat off the grid. Yes, out in out in the wilderness. Uh, not really, but I mean, we were out in Montana last few days yeah. recharging, yeah. and and immediately uh, with two hours two hours into work this morning, yeah. Jesse just said. Well, it was all undone. <laughs> like he's already just as stressed <laughs> well, as he well, was. Hey, Karen, what time did your plane get in last night? I I I went straight to bed when I got home, and it was twelve thirty when I laid down. So yeah, I that's don't, totally fine. I don't know. The I'm answer. still playing Fortnite at twelve thirty. Mine was mine was two. I, I think I went to bed two fifteen. No, really, I Jesse. Had, I had a delay. I had to uh. delay out of Atlanta, and you know, you know what really got me about the delay. You know, and this is maybe this is why. And I, I all fair, I You're apologize. You're turning so into Andy Rooney. I love him. I, I was love very him. salty <laughs> when I answered this call to all three of you in a very and Chandler in a way that was totally unnecessary. And part of it, I'm still steaming over this pilot last night. Okay, here's the thing. Here's Give the it thing. To us. Give your it job to us. isn't com- your job isn't comedy, pilot. Your job is to get me to my destination at yeah. the time that it says on the ticket. Okay. Yeah. I, I, if, if that's not possible, don't offset with jokes. This isn't a time for joking. This is a serious time that you're telling me that you're not going to be able to perform your job as I paid for it. It's not stand up comedy hour. You know what I mean? And to my fellow passengers who are laughing, egging him on when he, when he was making jokes about this delay, shame on you. Shame on you, people. We don't Can give I- this guy the credit. <laughs> He's not a comedian. I didn't Were pay for jokes. Southwest flight? You're enabling him. No, I was on Delta. I was oh. on Delta, and I, I expect Ooh. better from Delta. Yeah, than, sure. than amateur, Delta. Hour, amateur hour at Chuckles. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yes. I was on Delta and had a, a pilot. I, I got upgraded to first, and the pilot, yes. I've never seen this happen before. He came throughout the first class cabin and leaned his elbow on on each, you know, like on, yes. on the and just wanted to say hi. Hi. He, yeah. uh, I'm your, uh, he introduced himself. Oh. He said, um, I'm glad you're, you're, you're flying with us. Just want to thank you. Uh, uh, when we land in Orlando, it'll be 80 degrees and slightly raining. And I just oh, want wow. you to know we're going to have a smooth trip and uh, welcome aboard. Thank you Got so much. And I was like, I was like, oh, thank you, Mr. Uh, Pilot. Yeah. You know, Captain, as a follow up, I have some questions about aeronautical law. Um, <laughs> number one, what <laughs> exactly, what jurisdiction are we in when we're at our cruising altitude? That's question number one. Jesse, Is there a jail how delayed on the plane? were you? Like, did he keep coming back and saying, 
He yes, had to repeat second It was grade. the same thing. It was like, oh, just waiting for a little update from the flight deck. In the meantime, we will be taxiing <laughs> here. And uh, because thunderstorms, just let you know, drink service will be discontinued in favor of water this evening. Uh, by the way, what's the best thing? And it's like, no, stop there. Just stop there. You delivered the bad news. Don't offset it. With, don't, don't workshop new material on us here, sir. Just yeah. let me just here's the other thing. Like I'm trying to watch a TV show. It's the least I can do to take my mind off of how tired I am and how frustrated I am at this delay. Yeah. And I'm trying to watch a TV show when he breaks in over the intercom yeah, and pauses and it, mm-hmm. and it takes over. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm watching right. Curb. Okay. I'm right. catching up on Curb and you're interrupting legitimate comedy for your <laughs> fake comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if it's interrupting. You, you, know, you know why there's not an option on the Delta little display of things to watch that's says stand that says pilot stand up comedy because no one wants that no one wants it we have a bevy a bevy of, of, of entertainment comedy. choices none of which is pilots performing stand up you are salty you that. are really <laughs> he also came in he also but so what's funny to me is i actually think that the problem is this cuz jesse just came with jokes he just had a whole little run that I think was basically workshopped in his mind before he said it. And it was hilarious. Not. This is this is There's all. No I'm trying to figure stand up comedy. I know. I, I, you know what I was? I, I I was uncharacteristically mean to you guys, and I was trying in my mind just sound like, why am I this mean? I think it was fine. very characteristic, and hey, I will I, also I, say, I, I think that the problem with the pilot is that he wasn't funny because I think Jesse, if you had been the pilot and been up there and been able to like really land some good jokes, you would have loved you. The problem is, yeah. very few people are as funny as you. And I hate to say that, and I would like that Do, not to ever be quoted or listen, remembered. I, like, to, to that point right yes. there. Okay, so this trip we were on, we, we invited some friends, some artists, musicians, uh, creatives, and stuff. Ding, and you're going to stop here. Pause your story right there and just let you know that there is a rain delay happening. And <laughs> one of the, uh, one of the, the thing about one guys that was on the trip was named... One of the guys on the trip was Trent Dabbs from Sugar in the High Lows. Yeah. Okay. He a prolific songwriter, performer. He, you know, uh, Casey Musgrave's current hit, High Horse, he wrote that. No. Yeah. So, it's classic yeah. Trent. He is, if you don't know Trent He's Dabbs, he funny. is one of the funniest people I've ever met. No, just, voices, no riffs. He's hilarious. He does voices. Dude, his characters like that he slips setting, into. That's just no, no, no. When he slips into characters, it is some of the funniest stuff. The stories he tells, oh man, crazy. Jesse, did you laughing. think he was funny? That's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. I love me yeah, yeah. me and Trent were we were fishing mates for yeah, two they days. We were on a we boat spent, together for a couple days. We we spent probably, I don't know, 13, 14 hours just, what kind of just the two of us. Oh, yeah. we'll have him on. We will have yeah, Trent we'll, on the we'll show. We'll have him on. Yeah, but he's funny. So Trent, so Trent sits down. We sit down at breakfast the last day, and Jesse hadn't gone to the table yet, or they had, but they had ridden into the restaurant together. And Trent sits down next to me, and he goes, "Man, I'm telling you, Jesse Carey is probably the funniest person I've ever met in my life." And yeah. I'm like, "I know. Yeah, I've been doing a podcast with him for ten years. It's like I got to say, Trent Dabs to say that, Jess. That's a big deal. I know. I'm feeling I, I pretty. Com- very high praise from him. And yeah, I'm feeling pretty uh, competitive. All the reason this more this pilot. <laughs> If this pilot sees my it's name like, on the flight directory, yeah. they, they just don't bring material to this guy. This guy, <laughs> this guy just got a, this guy just got an endorsement for endorsement from Trent Dabbs. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need the pilot. I don't, I don't go to him. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't go to him and say, "Hey, let me give you some tips on flying a plane and landing one." Do you know why? Because I don't do that professionally, right. and it would be <laughs> ridiculous. It would be a ridiculous thing for me to do. I think that some people. I think that when you listen to relevant, I think people come for like the same reason they came to Friends, right? It's like you're either like a Ross guy and you think like he's really funny because he'll take the he'll take the cheap easy joke, yeah. or you're gonna really want a thinker, you know. Like, you're, you're a Chandler guy. I think so. 
Yeah, I think, <laughs> you know, I think you guys, and then of course, who, like you're Rachel, you know, Annie is Rachel and Monica. And oh. She does have Rachel's haircut right now. You do, t- okay. You are rocking, you are rocking <laughs> the sculpted around the face haircut. <laughs> okay, everybody. Listen, do you know what story I need to tell y'all? Do y'all know I delayed a plane last week for one hour, Jesse? You personally? <laughs> Literally, I personally accidentally delayed an entire plane for an hour. Was it? How, right. how did what you, did you do? How did you can't say bomb on a plane, fire. Annie. It's bad. So I had a carry-on that had a charger in it. Oh, and no. I've never a, used a, a it before. A smart bag. You had a smart bag? A smart bag. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've can. never used it before. We're getting on a tiny plane. There's only like 40 people. It's Delta. And the guy says, you have to take the battery out. Yeah. And I said, I didn't know this had a battery. And you well, think it's a, a first joke because it's Delta. Oh, you have the first generation one that doesn't come out. Mm. Exactly. But the, yeah, the new away bags, you can just pop it right out. No problem. Yeah, I got one yeah. that you just, it just pops right out. But it's the great. first one, they're built in. Any- and a lot of airlines are banning those now because, <laughs> yeah. you know, lithium batteries You're- could explode. Yeah. Yes. So-, so I'm on the way to that high school graduation in Louisiana and they won't let me on the plane. We can't get the battery out. They have to call over security. Finally, they let everyone's on the plane. They let me on the plane with the bag because they're just going to find a place on the plane that it can fly with us because it can fly in the cabin. Yeah. Right. Well, we can't find a place for it. I mean, y'all, everyone is sitting and everyone's mad. Do they know it's you or are they being discreet? Are people are is the. Oh, there's no question. It's me because I have status. Dang it. And I'm in the front row of this tiny plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they know they're waiting on my bag. Yeah. And here's when the other time they figured out, uh, Eddie, is when the flight attendant went on the intercom and said, can anyone bring us a screwdriver or a nail file? And a guy yells out from the back, you're not allowed to have those on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Does hey, anyone so have a little tiny Don't machete. answer, it's a trap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a trap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am sweating like y'all cannot believe. I'm yeah. like freaking, I'm, I'm freaking out because the whole plane's waiting. <laughs> For us to get the battery out of my little carry-on. Finally, I mean, my suitcase is open on the floor of the plane. And a guy from the back brings up his nail clippers and all my clothes. Can we just say that without all my clothes? Everything you wouldn't want a stranger to touch, he's touching. You got moomoo's in there. Because he has to move it all around to get to the battery. I am, I, and the plane's just sitting there. And I finally say to the lady, just give me the dress I need for graduation and throw the suitcase away. I don't need anything else in it. Yeah. You can just, and she said, well, ma'am, once you're on the plane with a bag, we can't let the bag off the plane without you. Oh, no. But there's a lot of arbitrary right? rules to, there to this really type is. of thing, there's isn't there? There's so many rules. There's so many rules. So, so the guy, this strong LSU guy, finally gets the oh thing out. He gets the battery out. Tell us more. We close it up. We get it all settled. And they close the door of the plane. Everyone claps when they got the battery out, y'all. Everyone claps. So literally everyone knows why we're sitting there. Oh, Annie. Everyone. Everyone claps. We close the suitcase. And then we just keep sitting there. And I lean forward to this flight attendant. I said, is this somehow my fault too? And she said, I'm not going to tell everyone. But yes, <laughs> why? And she said, um, we were leaving the Atlanta airport. She said that you only have certain windows when you can leave. And because of your bag, we missed our window. Oh, gosh. So we have to wait for the next window in 30 minutes. Oh, no. I mean, she, everyone hated me. Everyone hated me. No one would look at me. Yeah, the first I mean, well, the first version well, of those away I, bags I, would I, tick. Have you kept in touch with the strong LSU guy? <laughs> yeah. They would tell Listen, us more about I did him. say if he wasn't LSU. Here's what's true about my life. I've got like two ex-boyfriends in a plane full of people I hope I never see again. And that's about it in my whole world. I just don't ever want to see any of them ever again. 
What happened with the two ex-boyfriends? It just don't ever. There's just some I don't ever want to see again. Strong LSU so, guy, and huh? the plane of people. I, I sat next to a guy oh, wow. on on my flight out of. It might have been out of Billings to Salt Lake City, and we were in the uh, exit row, right? And they got to come over and do the whole presentation. You know, it's a whole thing about you're basically locking into a verbal contract that if something happens, you'll right. open the door, right? Right. No, and it's I don't a whole sit there. thing. I don't want everybody's lives in my hands. I uh, hate that row. So, so I'm sitting there, and next to me is uh, a, a guy. He's got to be eighty. And he's wearing a sweet Western shirt. He looks like a guy who'd be flying from Billings to Salt Lake City. Let's just say that. <laughs> he you walks in with nothing, right? He has no bag. He just sits down, right? <laughs> he just, he's he's just sitting there. That's all he needs. And he has, he's reading a sweet cowboy novel that yes. looks like it's 45 years old. Like and a Louis Lamar. under the seat of a pickup truck yes, for most yes. of the life of the, <laughs> to the novel. This is the book he reads. And <laughs> he's book. reading yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's called like something like Captured the Wind. And it has these sweet cowboys on the front. I was yeah. pretty intrigued by it. But anyway, oh, yeah. he's sitting there. A lady comes over, and, and all of us are looking at her because it's like four rows in the exit rows, and she's addressing us all, looking at eye contact. He does not lift his eyes up from the book at, at all, uh-uh. even though she's like raising her voice to get his attention at all. He does not care one iota about this presentation. Then she goes, I'm going to need verbal yeses from all of you that you are willing to follow these instructions. So she goes around everyone. Everyone's like, yes, 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 yes. Goes to the old man next to me. He looks, he lo- stares her at the eye and slightly nods his head and <laughs> intentionally not giving the verbal yes and he just kind of looks over everyone like yeah that's right I'm not I'm not even going to dignify this request with a yes she goes and then she looks right at him she goes a verbal yes sir uh-huh. and he and literally it was this <sighs> and it was a grunt <laughs> it was a, a grunt that I assume was him saying yes I agree but mm. legally I think French she had to taters. get a verbal yes and she goes sir a verbal yes. And this is literally what he said. K. Not even okay. Just the letter K. And then return to his book. Then return to his book. And I'm like, this guy's a pro. This guy, I'm glad I'm sitting next to this guy. You know? Yeah. He he was just a real hero move. Just a real hero move. Man, you can't ever use K. K is the worst, the worst response for anything. You can't. I like Koo. K-O-O. Koo. Yeah, I can do that. No problem. Speaking of cowboys, for a couple days, we (laughs) pretended like we were cowboys. You know, we went fishing and stuff like that. And uh, Except you tied a bandana around your neck. Like a hipster. It, no, it was mostly, no. chap, it was mostly it, a chaps based kind it, of trip. It was <laughs> it was chilly, FYI, and that was for wind purposes. Oh. Now I understand why cowboys wear them for dust and wind. But anyway, and, we prefer and, to call and, them and cow at people. one point Cameron did say someone else made a comment about it and Cameron said, I forgot I had Thank this you. on and then removed it. <laughs> That's true. It's actually true. Um, but so, it was actually like a beautiful long there, printed silk scarf. Was, that's all you had, and it actually functioned more as an ascot than anything else. <laughs> to be to be fair, it had southwestern style paisleys, and it was one of several that I brought and lent mm-hmm. to several of the guys. So, and he had a turquoise yeah. ring on each it was finger. From your personal collection. A turquoise <laughs> ring and a bolo. Keep going. One of my favorite. Th- I mean, we we end up. It was just a lot of fun. I mean, we've talked about it over the years. The same trip that we did last year, but yeah. um, on the on the last day uh, that we were there, one of the other guys on the trip is also on our could our hood to coast team. Uh, he signed up for yes. for the hood to coast race and was there on the trip with us. So Jesse and he were training. You know, um, I I'm still in the early stages of training. The I'm it's painful every step every day level of training. These guys are like run marathons sort of guys, and so the first day they went on a five mile run. 
I slept in the second day. They were like, let's let's that felt so good. Let's do seven. You know, so they, oh. they did seven and and I'm like, I'll go, but drop me off at two and a half and I'll run back, you know, right? And I'm going to be wearing an ascot the whole time. <laughs> a lovely scarf. <laughs> beautiful. The it's just beautiful. Uh, but they they encountered. Tell them what happened on your your run. Yeah, so. We, 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 we decided we had one of the guys, we said, Hey, drive us up to that top of that mountain, drive seven miles to the top of that mountain. We hit the seven mile mark in the odometer, let us out. And, and, and Cameron on the way there was like, down it. Yeah. We're going to run back down it. We're going to run back to the, to the, to the lodge or whatever. And Cameron, we dropped him off two and a half miles in so that he could still get his run in. And so we're, we're coming down. Uh, you know, we ran down the mountain. We are six miles into our seven mile run when we see a pickup truck coming down the road pretty quickly and, and like kind of slam on the brakes a little when they see us. And they're like, Hey, have any of you guys seen Cameron? And it's one of the guys from the lodge. And we're like, No, we've been on this road for the last six miles. And he was on the same road, but just going from where we were to the lodge. I'm like, Has he not showed up yet? They're like, He's not showed up anywhere. Uh, no one knows where he is. And well, what we've did been you tell, up and- tell them what you just encountered right before that? It was a series of turquoise rings every 50 feet <laughs> leading, leading up to, to a cave okay, so where, there just, where there was a bloody scarf say, hanging. I should say the day before on a five mile run, we were running down the road and there was like a coyote standing in the middle of the road. Like Which is more us. than a dog. <laughs> What's that? Uh, cool. A little different. From what I understand about coyotes, they're just dogs with different names. They're dogs yeah, that exactly. attack everything and will viciously kill. Well, and it, we were we were playing right. like he <laughs> was to down to the end of the road just staring at us, daring to, to move. So me and another guy were just standing there playing stare down with this coyote till luckily some gentleman on a four wheeler came and like chased him off. And so we, we we but that was in the back of our mind. We're concerned about coyotes. So during the, the stretch of our run where we're encountering the beginning of Cameron's route. Right. So when we only have like two and a half miles left. We're running along, we're running along, and out of a of, of like this ranch yard comes a pit bull, like Ooh. just bolting out. And there's no and, fence or anything. It's just what? Now, pit bulls out. are just like coyotes. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're just bull, dogs with different names. And, and all, th- and I'm in, I'm in, I'm with, th- I'm with two other guys. And one of the guys decide the best defense mechanism is just to sprint and 100%. create distance between him and the, and the, and the pit bull. Oh. One of the guys jumps in this huge ditch and <laughs> arms himself with a stick and a rock in both That's hands. True. Yeah, he went for weapon. some reason, what did you do, Jesse? For some reason, my yeah. instinct was to dance and start juking the dog, as if <laughs> no. I could mesmerize Jesse. him with my footwork. And I'm like dancing side to side like this. I'm going, hey, hey. So hey, one hey. guy is gone. The other guy is armed in the ditch, and Jesse's one left in the middle. Gone. Just one guy is long gone. One guy is armed, and I'm sitting there dancing like an He's idiot. He's like, wow, this pit bull touch, is barking fine. Pot of yeah. beret or whatever it's called. Is, just there, is there a le- is there like a collar on the pit? No like, collar. No, no collar. wild pit bulls. We're in, right? we're in Indian reservation, Crow territory. There's no laws out there. There's no collars. Yeah. yeah. And so so I'm dancing laws, in the middle of the road. I'm There's dancing no in the middle of the road with this pit bull. And thankfully, the guy who armed himself came over. He's much more uh, of a uh, of a heroic character than I am. He came running at the dog with a stick and the rock, and it ended up scaring the dog. And I just sprinted away. I just sprinted away. That guy can fend for himself. His stick and a rock at this point. But, but I'm shaking. That guy funny. I'm like, dude, we almost got we almost got attacked by a dog here. 
We went running. Another dog ran out of a yard, started <gasps> nipping at us, and we started running away from it. And he joined the run for the rest of the two miles, <laughs> nipping, literally <laughs> nipping at <laughs> our heels for two straight miles. Yeah, yeah, it true, though. <laughs> were you like sprinting? Yeah, I mean, he, the dog is running with us, nipping the whole way. So when the truck comes, I'm like, I'm not dealing with this dog anymore, man. And I jumped in the truck, and I was like, we need a search party for Cameron. And right in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Before I jump to conclusions here, he's probably just back at the house and they missed him. So I went up there and I was like, hey, Cameron, Cameron, I looked in all the rooms. He's not there. He's not there. I, I, I'm, so I'm getting a little concerned. The other guys show up and we're like, dude, Cameron hasn't showed up. We've been, we've covered the territory from here from the house. We only have one conclusion. Cameron has been eaten by that pit bull. Or a coyote. Yeah, no kidding. He's gone. He's gone. He's either up a tree hiding, in which case it's not safe for us to go get him down at this point. We got to wait till nightfall and the dogs clear out. Or and then he's from the distance, you hear get. Liza Minnelli's greatest hits playing, and you're like, there he is. <laughs> yeah. No, what, what happened was I like I as we're driving to the drop off point, and I, again I'm only on week one and a half of having to train from literally never run more than a mile in my life to the hood to coast race. So I'm yeah, you're gonna be fine. Every step is painful, and and we're in Montana, and like the air's thin, and it's just a different thing. And I'm just like I'm just struggling. So we're running, and as we're driving, as we're driving out to the drop off point, I'm going. There's no way this is two and a half miles. This is so much farther than two and a half miles. You know, I'm just going. No, I'm like psychologically just intimidated and, and I'm running. Okay. So I'm doing, I'm going back and, and I know the route. I mean, it's just straight highway and then there's the lodge. Right. But I know, I know the, uh, there's the Orvis Lodge right before it. So I was kind of mm-hmm. like always watching for the Orvis Lodge going, okay, then that means I'm almost there and it's the next driveway. Right. And I don't know if it was like, you know, I was like two miles in or whatever. And I was, I was really struggling. I was like, I, so like this road is really long mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to like make it through and I'm looking down more, you know, looking down on my feet, looking, I'm just like, not, I'm like concentrating on my breathing and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not, you know, anyway, it's hard to run in cowboy and, boots. And then, and then, and then, <laughs> and then I like make it around the bend. And then like, there's this another really long stretch of road. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. And I made the joke to these guys before they dropped me off. I'm going, okay. Cause the day before they were running, they're like, Oh, we were casually jogging and chatting the whole way. Oh, we were only running like a nine and a half minute mile pace. And I'm like, nine and a half minute miles. I'm running like 12 and a half minute miles and I'm yeah. dying. Yeah. You know, and I'm not even actually running for yeah. all of those minutes. Yeah. And, and so like, and right. then, so then I'm going, guys, if you guys run like eight minutes and I'm running 12 minutes and you catch up to me, like I'm not going to enjoy that. So I want to just, my goal at this point is just to not let them catch up to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm at, I pass like three miles, like my little app congratulated me. I'm running the 5k, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, and, I, and I'm going, and then there's Did just you run the whole thing. Uh, I mean, most of it, you know, but That's like, impressive. but I, but like, I'm, you know, at this point where I'm on a long stretch of road and I think to myself, if those idiots come around the corner back there and they see me down here, cause I mean, it's like a mile visible, you know, like I'll never live it down. So I push myself to get around the next bin so they couldn't see me. And I'm thinking, well, surely the Orvis lodge is going to be right there around that bin. Mm-hmm. And then I get around that bend and there's this huge long hill. Same thing. I get halfway up the hill. I'm going, these idiots are going to come around that corner. And I kept going and I, where is Orvis? I don't even remember this hill and I just keep going. And then next thing I know, I'm like, I'm at like, and, and I'm Kurt, I'm like mad under my breath. I'm like, I knew it wasn't two and a half miles. That just felt like four miles. idiot. Mm-hmm. And so then I finally get around this other bend and there's like another long stretch. And I was like, this is crazy. And 
and I pulled up and I remembered I, I had the address in an email. So I pulled up the address and I Google mapped it and the lodge was three and a half miles back. I oh. ran <gasps> right past it. And oh, so then I was like, well, run. I got to come back. And I texted, I tried to text one of the guys. I'm like, Hey, I'm okay. I know where I am now, blah, blah, blah. I'm coming back. And so I had run eight and a half miles and then they came and got me <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, Good for you, but you guys are doing like basically. Yeah, I was gonna say he ended up running more than all of us. But yeah, I, but, but, but my legs are. I just woken up. I had no mm-hmm. water, no food. I didn't stretch. And I didn't stretch after. Yeah, and yeah. the next day, I'm on a plane all day. My oh, yeah. legs oh, are gosh. like. You guys have an interesting, in both of you. Jesse's basically f- running for his life. And Cameron <laughs> is just... I gumped it. Yeah, and Cameron is just <laughs> yeah, running yeah, into right. the wilderness. Like, a, yeah. But see, fear factor. I don't... I The only thing that kept me going was number... Like, not wanting these idiots to come around the corner back there and see me. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I just kept going to hide from them. Yeah. Ha- uh, had we not called, Cameron would be uh, uh, still running... Yeah through Montana right now. It just knowing right around the corner was the launch. You know? <laughs> just around the he, corner. Because the thing is, like, obviously he's got the ability to run. It's just developing the the context for yeah. what the distances are. You know? Like the, I know mean, the, that's kind of good, Cameron, because you're just going to have to do that like three times for the race, right? The head to coast. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere around six to, or five to eight are you, the legs. You just need someone every once in a while to pop in and say, we don't know where we're at. Keep going. We're lost. <laughs> and for Keep Jesse, going. they just need to release an animal. Release we'll dogs and just like <laughs> get on it, Jesse. That, but what Jesse, was so funny awful. to me is like they thought <laughs> because they were attacked by dogs, they thought, well, one just picked me off because I was by myself. Well, so yeah. it's either that, either that, or he was like treed. Like like an animal yeah. that gets run up a yeah. tree and it's just waiting it out up there. Like that, it's like that episode of Black Mirror, you know, yeah. where the lady has nowhere else to go. She just runs up a tree to escape a dog and just kind of has to wait it out. That's what we assumed had happened. And again, we were we were going to be forced to wait till nightfall. I wish you'd have seen Cameron up in a tree. I would have enjoyed that. That story would have been so enjoyable. I'm just you waving my little scarf trying to flag down any truckers or anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, right. why is that Very woman waving <laughs> a muumu in the air in the distance? <laughs> well, I, on so many levels, then I guess I could say I'm glad you guys are back. Yeah, for real. We yeah. did not know we were so close to having Cohen and Dana on the show. It would have been really something. <laughs> yeah. It'd been a fun dynamic. Like it. It'd be great. Hey, moving the show along. It's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for in case you missed it. Hey, in case you missed it this week, which Jesse and I missed a lot because we were yeah, we missed everything. You know? So yeah. we were catching up this morning. No, you're like the rest of us now. Yeah. In case you missed it <laughs> this week, Lecrae spoke at Willow Creek about his struggle with anxiety and depression. The rapper took the stage with teaching pastor, Steve Carter, who is a, uh, co-host on the relevant sports podcast. Yeah, you guys, guy. yeah, you guys probably know him. Yes. Uh, that's a guy, no one down. of my favorite shows. I love that guy to discuss uh, his latest album. All things work together, but the conversation also turned to his own struggle with anxiety and depression. Lecrae explained how the Bible verse uh, Romans eight twenty eight it says uh, all things work together for good uh, to those who love God, uh, not only inspired his album, but also helped him in a very difficult chapter of his life. Here's a clip. Let's talk about the title. All things work together. Where's that from? Um, all things work together, uh, Romans 8, 28. Um, uh, I needed, it, 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 I didn't title it that because I was like, oh yeah, all things work together. I love that verse. It was, I need to believe this verse. And I needed to believe it at that time in my life so much so that I had to title the album that to put that stamp down. And as I was um, just processing what that verse meant to me, you know, I was, I was going through a lot and um, 
and just the, the, the idea or the reality of just kind of like if I said, hey, if I give you a stick of butter and I give you some flour and I give you some raw eggs and I say, y'all eat that and enjoy it, you wouldn't enjoy that in and of themselves, but something happens when you mix them together and let them be refined under the heat. You get something good like cake or cookies. And, um, and what I needed to know in the same way was that if I, if I took my tears, if I took my depression, if I took my anxiety and my fear and my hurt and I mixed it together, that God could refine that and make something good out of it. So. Yes. Lecrae this week, earlier this week, is uh, starting to release some very cryptic uh, like videos and things on his Twitter and stuff, kind of foreshadowing what's next. It's very exciting. I Man, love that I guy. thought um, Steve Carter, have y'all, Steve Carter led that conversation so well. I he was really so did. impressed. That guy yeah. is salt Gosh. of the earth. He is like a very yeah, sweet, real. good person who... Like, it's it's like you feel like you're watching this conversation that at the start they know there is people watching. They know there are people watching. And as the conversation progresses, it starts getting like they forget that other people are there. Right. I just Which I is thought it was really great and then. also kind of crazy because you're like, oh, I, I just said that in yeah. front of a lot of yeah. people. Well, the, the other thing, too, is like and I know we've talked about it before and he's talked with us about it, but how like. Open Lecrae has been with not only like good stuff, but bad stuff like struggles, which is really refreshing for an artist of his stature to be like totally uh, frank about, you know, struggles that a lot of people deal with. But a lot of people that might be in his position, uh, especially in like kind of Christian culture, you know, thinks it's kind of taboo to talk about if you're a leader. But it's why great to say, see him. Why did you say taboo on. like that? Taboo. That's how it's pronounced. Taboo. Uh, yeah. It's got a little <laughs> accent over thing. the second O. Jesse pronounces yeah, you, you, it with you, seven You've never seen the, the board game, Cameron? It has taboo. the symbol over, meaning it's taboo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, in case you missed it this week, Terry Crews spoke out about the dangers of the cult of masculinity while on The Daily Show. Uh, the actor, who's an outspoken Christian and featured in our magazine, what, two issues, three issues Very ago? strong. Yeah, literally a very strong yeah. Christian and a very strong human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong comma Christian and strong Christian. Right. You put the comma anywhere. It works for them. You could put commas anywhere and it works for Terry Crews. <laughs> uh, he recently visited the late the late night show to discuss the return of Brooklyn Nine Nine and to promote his new film Deadpool 2. But the conversation turned to his sexual abuse. Last year, Terry came forward and said his former agent, Adam Vinnett, groped him against his will in 2016. His voice became a prominent one in the Me Too movement against sexual assault. However, he explained that he faced criticism for speaking out, partly because of what he called culture's cult masculinity that prevents mm. men from raising their voices about assault. Here's a clip. When my story broke, it allowed people to see their own, like the, the times they, their lines got stepped on. Right, you understand right, what I mean? Right, because right. this is the thing. You get tricked into thinking it's part of the job. You know what I mean? Right. Somebody really crosses the line, you know, and it's really weird because when I look at like things like fraternity hazing, what they are a lot of times is sexual assault masked as something else. And it's wild because it's about power. It's never about, you know, sex or anything right. like that. It's about someone trying to dominate you and take over you or, or show off. He has become such an outspoken proponent for this discussion and to break yeah. kind of the veil yeah. of it's a, so much respect for anyone who speaks up and is that brave and has that kind of I platform agree. and says, talks about it. It's just, I, so, so many people I'm sure have been helped by his bravery and, and bravery in this conversation. And then the previous, I mean, like in our magazine, he, he talked about his 
addiction to pornography mm-hmm. and his sexual addictions and stuff and, and, and the effect it had on his marriage and, and ultimately yeah. his faith. And yeah. I mean, the man is, he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just really it's, transparent. It's, and, it's really not what you would expect that yeah. somebody as, you know, macho or masculine as him would mm-hmm. also be as vulnerable and transparent mm-hmm. as him. Yep. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something particularly powerful about you know, the way he's cultivated his image. Obviously he, there's a degree of self-awareness, but I mean, Everyone like Terry Crews, you know, from going back to the Old Spice commercials, part of his persona (laughs) is that he is super tough, you know, hyper masculine and, you know, just like a big, tough, tough dude. And for him to in real life to to show how vulnerable he is about things that a lot of people have a discomfort in talking about, whether it's personal struggles with something like born or, you know, um, being the survivor of abuse. Uh, it's, it's a powerful thing to see in culture. And the fact that, you know, he's on a press tour right now for an action yeah. movie, right? Yeah, that's right? But, but he's taking right. time out of his like press rounds to talk about something serious. I think that's an impressive thing and a, and a really positive thing. Hey, in case you missed it, uh, CNN anchor, Jake, Tapper gave a powerful speech to college students about the dangers of being cruel to people who think differently than you while while delivering the commencement (laughs) speech to graduates at the University of Massachusetts. uh, The TV journalists encourage students to seek out information and news that challenges their own ideas and be open to other people's opinions and ideas. It's two shows a week that equals up to the same amount of time. (laughs) (laughs) What does it matter? He also directly addressed the tendency for people to resort to meanness and cruelty while debating issues online, explaining that, quote, the hard hearted are compensating for emptiness. Here's a clip Mm. of his speech. We all fall victim to believing what we want to believe and ignoring the evidence. But the truth is seldom as stark as we want it to be. At this time, when this country has groups of people, tribes of people siloing themselves off and only listening to the politicians or the news media and in some cases the members of their family or their friends with whom they agree. I urge you to resist the temptation to subject yourself only to that which reaffirms what you already think. Use the critical thinking skills you just spent four years developing. I urge you to read the story. I urge you to think for yourself. I urge you to click the link. Being callous or being mean can sometimes seem like a way to project confidence. But what it really does is convey to people who know better the exact opposite. The shock of cruelty can be amusing when you're in your teens or your 20s. You get older and you realize that the hard-hearted are compensating for an emptiness. Choose not to take that path. I'm a fan of Jake Tapper. Yeah, well, now yeah. I can't make any more jokes. It, that was it, amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And I think the impulse there is like, I mean, let's just, you know, talk to about the elephant in the room. Like, you know, he, he has been in the network he works for has been a target of the president who frequently resorts to vitriol when addressing people he sees as ideological opponents. Um, but, you know, in this speech, he's challenging those college students, you know, to read, bo- read other things other than CNN, read 
you know, things, if you're conservative, read liberal sites. If you're liberal, read conservative sites and do it with an open mind. So I think it's easy just to say, well, this is like a clap back or this is some sort of like subtle, um, you know, jab. But really, it seemed like an earnest thing of like, listen, listen to other people's ideas. That's important. But also, don't be a jerk. Just in general, that yeah. doesn't do anything. That All that does is, is hurt, uh, you know, conversation. And lastly, in case you missed it, this week, Katy Perry told an American Idol contestant that he was anointed. Michael J. Woodward made a serious impression on the judges during a recent performance of the song Still I Rise by Yolanda Adams. During the song, the camera panned over to the judges and and pop star Katy Perry openly uh, wept. After the song concluded, uh, Perry, who has been open about her Christian upbringing in the past, told him, you're anointed. I thought I had my emotions removed. It's so beautiful what I just saw. Woodward grew up in a Christian household. Actually, I read that all of the finalists on American Idol this season are outspoken Christians. Yeah, like, really. Yeah, really? I, haven't, I haven't stayed up with the epi- with the uh, with the Me season, neither. but apparently no. they all Me are. Neither. Yeah, I thought American Idol was canceled. It came well, back. It came back in case you missed it. And in case, like, <laughs> it's on a new network. Yeah. Two of them oh, are okay. like in love. Two of the finalists like love each other, right? Ooh. Wow. Oh wow, salacious! It's like so cute. <laughs> this is this is this is a pure flicks film waiting to happen. Two two church going uh, kids go on a singing show and fall in love this season. That's it. Pure. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's what happened. It's called sorry, Kane. sorry. Weirdly, so what's the guy who played Hercules? What's his name? Uh, um, uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Eddie yeah. Murphy. No, 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 no. no. Uh, this um, is worth. This is worth getting to. Yeah, what? I'm gonna. Sabo. I'm gonna re- Sabo? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's it? First name Sabo. Um, Kevin, Kevin Sorbo, yeah. Kevin Sorbo. Weirdly, yeah, that was worth weirdly, take a second Kevin of that Sorbo out. has been cast as a 17-year-old Christian worship leader from Topeka. Uh, you know, they can do wonders with makeup. He's still, yeah. they've done nothing to age him down. It's just Kevin Sorbo playing a 17-year-old. And it's one with, of the Baldwins, but not the one you won. It's the other one. No, 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 not that one that was in backdraft, the other one. Here's a, uh, here's a clip of Michael Woodward's performance of Still I Rise on American Idol. Yeah, seriously. One thing. It was on Saturday. That was intentional. That was yeah. very I know. Intentional. I'm offended. It was so worth There's talking nothing about. left to say. There's nothing left to say. I mean, okay. Well, what, there's a prayer that made the Christian Twitter. When there was some prayer that caught some the flack. Ser- the, the, no. the, the sermon. There was a yeah, the sermon. The sermon was that, amazing, Cameron. The head of the American Episcopal Church from Chicago got up there and gave a like when we would watch it, we would be like, yeah, that was a good, that was a great sermon. But like when you're sitting in whatever St. George's chapel and the queen is watching, it really looked like he was setting fire to the place. It was amazing because it, awesome. it was just like a really beautiful sermon about like, what is it to love? But he was like animated and fiery and he'd preached like he really preached. And it, the, my favorite part was that they would keep cutting to the queen and it was just stoic everybody because it's just like they don't react and it was just amazing to watch but it was a beautiful sermon it was but you know the queen is like apparently like really serious about her faith I don't know about the runs under her, but the queen is really serious about it. But yes, everybody's face was so stoic. Oh, man. But he like, I mean, he even looked at Harry and 
Megan and said like brother, sister, like talked right yeah, to them. Yeah, it was I mean, awesome. it was really, it was very human. The whole thing was very human, but his his sermon was like what you'd see at a church any Sunday. I thought it was great. It was incredible. I was, just I was, I was just no, I was distracted by two things. One. One, I'm thinking, who's paying for this? The taxpayers paying for this? Don't tread <laughs> on me. Don't make me pay for this. I'm a great. The taxpayers yeah, only pay for wedding. security. You know that. No. What? What? Yes. The taxpayers. Well, who pays? All, who's pays for the wedding? The royal family. Well, out of yeah, what does the royal pa- family get paid? From? Well, they yeah. just have they just have money. They just have endless money. That's all the money they so, need. So they, just make, it, they just make money. Yeah. All they I'm thinking is who's paying it. for this charade? Who's paying for this charade? And two, the ridiculous hats. Let's not pretend those hats oh. don't look preposterous. Okay. <laughs> preposterous. They're called what fascinators. Taboo. They're, they're called Ooh, they are that. called fascinators. You're right, Jesse. Those hats are called fascinators. How pretentious. Who do you think you are, royal family? <laughs> Wearing a hat called a fascinator, d- requiring fascinators being worn. They're ridiculous. They're Word. little khaki hats with feathers poking out. Can we disagree? They're absurd. Like, let's no, just we all say, agree on that. let's no. pretend, let's pretend, let's not, no longer pretend that it's not absurd looking at those hats the whole time. It, it's ridiculous. It distracted me from the sermon and all the accolades. I saw no pictures, <laughs> no coverage. I have no, was, no clue a, about any of it. It was a beautiful wedding, mostly because of what Megan brought to it. There was like this incredible yes. choir that sit, did like, was it? Stand, stand by on, me. Stand by me. Stand by me. That just stand by me. But it was like a like a gospel choir, and they like did it. It was yeah. it was it was really like a it was the two cultures just sitting together in this moment, and it was it was pretty cool to watch. Actually, it was way more entertaining really than either royal let wedding. Let them eat. Let them eat cake, Eddie. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's probably potholes all throughout London that need to be repaired. Yet they're just living it up on on on, on the people's money. I I don't no, I didn't wrong, like it Jesse. one little bit. I was it up is at six so good. There's. There is literally nothing else that the, I, I can't think of another thing. Y'all correct me. You don't hesitate to correct me if I'm wrong. There is not another thing that is just pure enjoyment. That's not competition. That's not Olympics. It's just pure enjoyment that is watched worldwide. This is just fun that the whole world got to experience together. I agree. I can name something. I borrowed one of Cameron's Go. scarfs and I sat there at 6 a.m. <laughs> and I just had quite a time. <laughs> I didn't let any of my daughters in the room. This was daddy's time. I, I, I can name something. Go, Black Jesse, Panther. No it was awesome. Every the whole world saw Black Panther. While I was flying, every well, you already know. Everyone in the world you? seen Black Panther. I'm walking through the plane. People are watching Black Panther again on their screens. You know who paid for that? Capitalism. Not not the Queen. Not the Queen's money that she's leasing off the people. That's an example. <laughs> if they want a wedding, that's fine. Charge tickets, make some money, generate oh revenue. Don't, don't take the money come. from the people. Yeah, don't just, make them. George don't, don't Clooney take the money. Would, would have never paid to go, just but keep, he did go. Just, just let him he go. Could have. Just don't just don't interrupt. He had the He's just gonna he had the means. Heels until he you had jump the means because he's a movie star. He he understands how business works. Not oh my God. I leeching off, of, of it. Leeching off right. the people. That'll do it for in case you missed it. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Up next, Aubrey Plaza joins us. Listening to Shaky Graves, the song is Mansion Door. 
At the beginning of the podcast, you heard For King and Country with their new single, Joy. Aubrey Plaza is known for her roles in films like Safety Not Guaranteed and Ingrid Goes West and TV shows Parks and Rec and the new season of Legion. Like many of her projects, the critically acclaimed Legion deals with mental health and characters who defy the stigma around struggles with mental illness. We recently spoke with Aubrey about her career, Legion, and why she chooses the role she does. Here is Aubrey Plaza. I am curious about how you were sold on Legion or like how this how you were pitched on Legion because it seems like a really hard show to convince somebody that it's going to work, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, it was a very strange casting process. I, I went in to meet um, for the show in general and I, I assumed after reading the pilot script that I was going to go be auditioning for the for the lead female role mm-hmm. of Sid and after I met with Noah once um, he asked to meet with me again and we had coffee and over coffee he just pitched to me the idea of playing Lenny Busker which in the pilot was written for a man so of course I didn't read the pilot thinking of that part <laughs> in mind um, and I kind of you know my re- reaction to that was like um, I'm not sure I want to play the middle aged you know drug addict that's kind of like a side character in the mental hospital um, but thanks and then he kind of <laughs> was like well actually there's a lot more to Lenny you know and he kind of he gave me the broad strokes of what happened to Lenny in the first season and um and kind of revealed to me that which I guess I can say now um that Lenny kind of transforms into the Shadow King which is ultimately the villain of the show and so that sounded very appealing to me and I was like that sounds really fun and complicated and I am totally down to do it. And um, it's true that I, you know, it wasn't an audition. So it was kind of a leap of faith on both of our parts because Mm -hmm. I don't think, I I don't know what he thought I was going to do with the role. Um, And I didn't know what I was going to do with it until I kind of dived into it. But I think it became kind of a collaboration because he switched the gender. So he kind of had to change that part and and kind of you know let it evolve um based on what i was doing so it became kind of a it felt almost at times like performance art or you know um it felt very kind of experimental and um and that that really continues on in the second season and in a different way but in the same spirit you said that uh, you weren't like at first sure about Lenny, which is super understandable because it was written for like a, a guy at first. But uh, what what like when you when you get a script or when you're pitched on a on a project, what are you what are you looking for? Like what things stand out to you? Is like this is what I want to do. Well, I would say this, if the, you know I, I the script has to be great. Um, I'm very picky, and I only want to work with. Um, filmmakers and writers and directors that I really believe in. Mm-hmm. So I think it first and foremost is just 
you know, the people and the, and the writing. And, um, and with this show, I had seen Fargo. I knew a little bit about Noah Hawley and I was a fan of his and, um, and I just, I love the writing of the script. So that all checked off for me. And then it really comes down to the part. And I guess when I'm looking for anything, it's, it's just, I guess, I guess the more complicated the part, the better for me. I'm really attracted to characters that have a lot of depth and a lot of complexity. And I'm not interested in, in playing one-dimensional characters. So a lot of times that ends up being the villain. But I think because you kind of have to dig deeper and, and try to justify their behavior in a way that you don't have to with, with um, you know, the heroes of the, of the world. I was, I've been thinking a little bit about the way that we portray like mental health in, in film and in TV and your roles have come up a lot actually in that just based on like, um, like Ingrid goes West, uh, Legion, obviously, and even some of the like lighter stuff in, in parks, like it feels like there is like a psychological, like there, your characters often aren't like super psychologically normative or, or psychologically typical. And you're right that that often means that they end up being the bad guy. But I also like, it seems like a lot of times you find a way to make them at least sympathetic, if not necessarily heroic. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, Definitely, that's my goal. I mean, I think that for me, it's always trying to find the human kind of relatable side of those characters. And and all I have really to work with is myself and my own life experience and my own memories and my own, you know, my own approach on and take on the world. So I, I think even if a character does things that I would never do. I, I still try to find ways to um, be compassionate towards the characters and to understand where they're coming from. And, and I try to do that in everything I do because I think that's kind of the point of acting in a way. You've been surrounded by a lot of great writers. You've been in a lot of really good projects what do you think like between coming in and starting out you're starting working as an actor um to now what do you feel like are some of the what are some of the things you've had to learn that have changed your like expectations about what what this life would even look like i guess i've learned i mean i've been so i've been so lucky to work on on shows and movies with such amazing people and I think being on Parks and Recreation for so long and working with that group of people taught me a lot just taught me a lot about you know living in Hollywood and existing in this space and um, I think I walked away from that show understanding how you can succeed at, and also be you know a nice grateful, normal person to people around you. I think there's there's kind of a lot of negativity that goes on out here and but there are really good people and there are ways to like have really positive um experiences and it's a lot of it's a lot about just like what you kind of make of it. And I think I don't know, I'm I learned that a lot working with Amy Poehler and you know just how to how to be a leader and how you can influence everyone on set and influence the crew and inspire people and I took that with me on a lot of the movies that I did 
on my breaks because, you know, movie sets are especially can get really hectic and really toxic really fast. And I think I just, I still struggle to find balance in my life, but I've learned from a lot of people too that, you know, you can't tie your happiness up into work at all times and whether you're working or whether your work is succeeding or not. And it's like, it becomes like a drug, you know, fame and success and it just becomes intoxicating. And if you let it get out of control, then you're kind of doomed. So I try to remember to like, you know, have a life and stay connected with my friends, my old friends, people that I grew up with and just stay grounded as much as I can. I was Aubrey Plaza. Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. Listening to Tashiana Hazel. As long as can't help but notice. Well, it's time for your feedback. Um, last week on the show, uh, <laughs> we got talking about a couple of childhood instances that maybe like you know scarred us, and then uh, we got talking about things that happened in our childhoods, or somebody like a teacher, or, or something that happened or was said that really impact us in a positive way, and um, it's like those moments that you'll never forget but for good. So we wanted to know for the question of the week, your stories of someone, uh, you know, something that someone said to you as a child that had a positive impact on you as an adult. You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and you also posted on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites. Cameron, we've had, uh, you know, I feel like while in Montana, a lot of emotional conversations this week, you know, I don't know know how much deeper I can dig here, but, uh, you know, what's that? I said I avoided most of those. There was one day we were out on the trucks. There were like three trucks going. We were going to go out to the range and do some shooting, you know, and yeah. uh, we pulled up to the to the trucks. We're all going to get out and, you know, just get those bombs. I bought some Tannerite, you know, or explode some yeah. Tannerite, you know, and all this stuff. And and uh, and Brian comes back up to the truck and he's like, um, I think we're just going to go ahead and push on uh, the third trucks back there praying. <laughs> we're like, mm. oh, okay. <laughs> so, so, I mean, yeah, there were there were those moments. Love that. There were. Those campfire conversations, you know? Yeah. So if I if I see unmoved by them, I have reached my Your emotional limit, capacity. My my emotional capacity for the next like I would say probably twelve to fourteen months of anything sentimental. So I did. <laughs> oh, that's never gonna work being friends with me, bud. If 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 I sound a little cold while reading them, then you'll know why. But I will give it my best reading some of these movie <laughs> stories. Uh, David Blair. Okay. Oh, that's David, the exact same one I like too. First, go Jesse. Go. Okay. Okay. David Blair. The reason I'm reading it, to be honest with you, because you thought it said David of, Blaine. Yeah. It's it sounds a lot like David Blaine. I yeah. thought, oh. holy cow, <laughs> David, like David Blaine. Blaine I'm tired. <laughs> I got in at like two thirty in the morning thanks to 
uh, you know, our, our, our pilot, pilot Jerry Seinfeld Chuckles. last yeah. night. And um, <laughs> I, I, I'm so in, in delirium that I read this as David Blaine. I thought he was going to tell us the origin of his magic. And, uh, you know, someone that, you know, maybe Dave, maybe, maybe a young David Copperfield saw him one time and, and, and instilled some. Instead, it's David Blair, who's an engineer, which it's. Sorry, Dave Blair. It's not nearly as cool as the David Copperfield story. That was really the preface of all prefaces there, Jesse. You keep going. You you do have a panache for the preface, but but that (laughs) That preface, that was a, that was a very tired, uh, I I haven't got much sleep preface. Yeah. That was just sometime. (laughs) I kind of trailed off there again. I was thinking about David Blaine. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably in some. Blairs. He's probably locked in some cube of ice somewhere. Uh, you're too busy <laughs> for shenanigans like this. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, his mom's comments about a dinosaur he drew on his homework when he was six. He said it really defined my mentality for my profession today. He said it, it was it wasn't a really particularly great dinosaur. It was a standard T Rex facing to the left, mouth open, uh, and his tail was trailing to the right. Uh, we, I think we can all picture this. Um, but since it, it's, I, I picture like Throgdor from the old uh, uh, Homestar Runner cartoon. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Eddie, you got the reference. Oh yeah, um, that was a, I may be the only one, but I really enjoyed it. So thank you. <laughs> Podcast uh, one. To, yeah, but since he was a kid, he, uh, he hadn't planned ahead. Mm-hmm. And so w- when he got to draw the tail, he ran out of room. And so he decided that instead of just like making the tail run off the page, he would curl it around back to the top and it would go, it went all around the page, uh, as a figure out a way to fit this, uh, T-Rex tail on there. His mom was so blown away that she told him he had an, an, a gift for envisioning things and using what he had in front of me to come up with an artful solution. A.E., 99% of what he now does in his engineering co- career. He ends it by, thanks, Mom. Uh, so, David Blair, what a great story. I still I don't think that. it was, be as good as David Blaine's, but thank you for writing that. <laughs> <laughs> I All like right. Michael Murphy. He said when he was 17, he was stealing from where he worked. He said, I didn't care what it was. I was just addicted to the thrill of walking out the door and not getting caught. And eventually, I did get caught. And that particular day, my dad was coming to pick me up. He had to tell him what had happened. And on the way out of the building, the police were walking him out and his dad um, had his head down. And the cop goes, look how ashamed of you your dad is. And his dad looked up without missing a beat and go, what he did was wrong, but there will never be a day that I'm ashamed of my son. Oh, my gosh. And he said, I've never felt that kind of love and conviction at the same time. That was such a defining pivot point in my life that I that it stopped me from continuing down that road. I don't even know what my life would look like had that not happened. Wow. And from that, I, and I, like, after really that day, I committed myself to the art of street magic. That's why. <laughs> I was, listen, I was literally about, I was literally about to say, segment. I was about to say, I want to make a joke right now because I'm actually kind of moved, but I didn't have time because, oh, Jesse, deflect, yeah. because Jesse needed to go right. ahead and talk about street magic. Um, <laughs> Jesse, get your joke ready. Here's another one. Scott Corin. Uh, Dr. Greenwood was the reading support specialist at my middle school and taught me in seventh grade Seventh grade was a bad year for me due to financial issues at home. We had no heat or hot water or part of the, for part of the winter. Mm. I mean, that's like real, that's real life there. That's very hard. Wow. Um, he continued on by saying, I spent a good portion of January with an upper respiratory infection. Dr. Greenwood was one of the first teachers who showed me genuine concern for my well-being. He, he also introduced me to Calvin and Hobbes, which I became <laughs> obsessed with. He was also the first teacher mm-hmm. to focus on responding to and analyzing literature. Anyhow, Scott goes on to say he ended up studying English and loves Calvin and Hobbes and is always really respectful of this teacher. I'm like, look at that. Just really cared about him. 
Jesse for the rest Jesse. of that summer, your joke. for yeah. the rest of that summer, I hung upside down in an above ground pool for more than twelve hours a day in preparation for the greatest illusion the world would ever see. What a story! What I a love story! Pouring his heart out, pouring the heart out, man. These are and, really, and that's these the really point moving. where I jammed an ice pick through the webbing of my finger in front of Harrison Ford and was removed from his home. Wow. Just terrible. I apologize on behalf of Jesse and behalf of all of us. That was a beautiful story. You deserve better. (laughs) There are so many sweet ones of teachers who, I mean, it's more than we can keep up with, but there's so many of teachers who just said, like y'all told the stories last week, Jesse and Cameron of a teacher who just said one thing that absolutely changed people's lives. It's so incredible. Okay, this one is from Anna, and she said, I had a rough start to my nursing career. After a few months in the adult ICU, I started in and and was encouraged, quote, to take my talents to a less, quote, intense part of the hospital. Uh, So that was obviously pretty devastating. As I tried to sneak out that day, humiliated in tears, one nurse, I wish I could remember uh, her name, um, Ratchet called me and told me for what it's worth I think you will be a great ICU nurse that day mm-hmm. it took two years uh, but she improved her skills and, and has been a pediatric ICU nurse for 15 Oof. years and if she hadn't said that I may never have tried again oh my um, gosh I love yeah. it and, and that day a mysterious man came in with a with an injury <laughs> that yeah. <he's> terrible <laughs> An injury. He he obtained while attempting to sit in a chamber of fire uh, for over a week straight, and she cared for him. And look now, we look now. the world wouldn't have uh, David Blair. You know, David exactly. Blair. So They've all tried. of these They've all tried. of these stories yeah. have an odd have an odd connection. I think it's his greatest trick yet. They try to infiltrating explain. infiltrating this week's question of. Blair. How did he do it? That, that nurse, that nurse handed her an orange, and when she peeled that orange, yeah. talk about her the, phone talk about the long con. This trick has been in the works for years. He's been waiting for us to ask this question of the week for years now, and, oh and I'm God. blown away. Well done, David. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Most we, of our we answers have, had we to have do no with, idea the origins yeah. of your sorcery, but we continue to be impressed. Yeah. Most of them had to do with people trying to catch bullets and stuff. So it was a really impressive. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. right. A man came into the ICU after another failed bullet catch. Thankfully, <laughs> we were able to revive him, and he was able to perform it in hyper slow mo. What a story! What, what a story! A story. <laughs> Boy, all right. Well, there's a lot more stories. Thank where those you for came trusting from. us with your stories. I feel, I feel I like we did a great job with them. <laughs> You're welcome. I really think people should go read them because they're. Yeah. Really sweet. Yeah. Yeah, you really should. Yeah. Okay, and now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right. So, you know, in case you missed it, mm-hmm. there was a wedding this week. Oh yeah. Not Thank mine. You. But there's an, there was oh, a wedding. Gosh, don't make it weird. Just keep going. <laughs> stick to this grill so, store. Real so Jesse store. Jesse was largely unimpressed with the royal wedding. He said he was a real snore. <laughs> and so we want to know if there's something called a fascinator that's involved in the wedding. Yeah. That better be some cool role of a, d- of a person that, like, that like better a be part jester. of the entertainment. Yeah. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the fascinator. No, it's a fancy hat. What? <laughs> it's a bait and switch is what that is. I tuned in for the fascinator only to find out once the wedding had concluded. I'm waiting the whole time for this fascinator to show up. and It's a fancy hat. All right. So for this week's Grand question of the week, we want to know a story from a wedding you attended. Yeah. Or something funny that happened. Oh, yeah. Or something memorable, something that was I've, not planned. I've been to probably more weddings than anyone, and I think I've seen it all. Like, what, it what's, just, the, what's the craziest thing you've seen? Give uh, us one. Well, I think my favorite 
I think my favorite entrance ever to a wedding was I'm up because I've, I've, I think I've officiated at this point. I think I've officiated 62 weddings. I think that was oh the last gosh. one I officiated. Wow. So I was up there on the front. That's a lot. And we were standing. It is a lot. We were standing in front of the lake and they all entered uh, via speedboat uh, from behind <gasps> me. What? And did uh, it go off without a hitch? Oh, boy. I would expect that well from Jesse, but not from you. I would expect more from you. Uh, I think I was my favorite. You know, I went, hey, one time, Eddie, I went to a wake that involved speedboats. Oh, oh, oh no. You know what? Let's just I sound like that pilot. That, so that's when the pilot <laughs> yeah, told me that's right. a pilot joke. It was that's horrible. That's a pilot joke terrible. for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. we want to know your funniest or most, you know, f- something funny, something that made uh, an epic wedding memory. Yeah. Um, like if there's an actual fascinator there, things like that. Right. Or, or somebody fell down. I'm going to start wearing a fascinator every week that we record. <laughs> but just smaller and smaller every week until it's just like a little thimble on your head. <laughs> <laughs> a little Peter Pan thimble. Um, That's right. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your longer stories on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You know, I think my 63rd wedding is going to be. He hasn't asked yet, but. Oh, Chandler? <laughs> you can't see me pointing, but I was pointing. Definitely going to be pulling up on a boat. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you would really, I would really do a, a pontoon a job boat. A very elaborate just do pontoon on a pontoon. Boat. Yeah. No big deal. Oh, Everyone do the whole thing on a pontoon boat. Just yeah. going down the St. John's River. No big deal. Just chilling. Just a That's whole right. fleet of pontoons. Yeah, well, right. Kaiva Island. Keep it classy. It'll be oh, really yeah. nice. <laughs> like we're at. So, so you can't remember, you're a talking about a, a pontoon platoon. I am. <laughs> pontoon. Yeah, that's, okay. a, that's amazing how fast that happened in your head, Jesse. Yeah, well, it's platoons. Yeah, he's the funniest guy that guy on your trip has ever met or whatever. He's the funniest <laughs> guy Trent Dabbs has ever met. Trent Dabbs is funniest dude. Just because I don't know who Trent is doesn't mean anything. I don't know anything. Well, I he's the... So Sugar, Sugar in the High Lows is one of our, our favorite bands. He's the guy in Sugar in the High Lows. That's cool. And and he's done... He and he's a solo artist. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. He's a great solo artist. Um, but And now, like... He was telling some of the some of the artists he's working with and songwriting and stuff. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. again, he he wrote... High Horse from Casey Musgrove is a huge hit right now. Yeah. Nicki Minaj. Hey, Eddie, Eddie, he did a, He was at the uh, SNL after party last week because yeah, he went uh, to SNL because Casey Musgraves was the musical guest last week. So oh he was man. there because he was performing his song. That's yeah. nuts. Did he tell you Yeah, he told me about the after party. Tell me what you can tell me. Let's have Trent on. I think that's the right move. <laughs> yeah, I think okay. I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to steal his oh, You know, I feel about stomach. SNL. I want to hear. But we have a yeah. few friends that have been deep in SNL, and they're usually pretty hush hush about it. Yeah, like Andy, we just won't talk about it on the air, which I understand. Yep. Um, hey, many thanks to Aubrey Plaza for joining us. You can check her out on the latest season of Legion, which is on right now. Yeah. Um, and also, if you want to check out the uh, cover story uh, in the current issue of Relevant with her, you can pick up issues at newsstands nationwide, and you can also view the entire issue at relevantmagazine.com. Hey, while you're there, maybe subscribe. You like it and keep help us yeah, keep the lights on. Absolutely. Cool. We got a good one. We got a good one uh, in, in the cooker right now. It's still baking a little. We're about to go to print. We are about to go to print with the uh, July issue of Relevant. And uh, while we were in Montana, um, the entire, all the plans, we're going to print. Like we work on an issue for up to four months. Yeah. We were a week away from going to the printer. Mm-hmm. And we decided to change the cover story because of uh, something that came together. And it is incredible what's happening in the next issue of Relevant. Because it's it my really, birthday month. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is that and why you changed really, the cover? And the old cover story is, it's very sad. The true without. story of the fascinator. It's, it is. <laughs> the must read. That's what the F stands for in Annie F. Downs. Fascinator. 
David Blaine's oh, the guest it. editor is what we're trying to say. David Blaine's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of really unsettling stories from his childhood, but it's, uh, it's a, it's but a it's, weird turn for us, but we're proud of this. But one. you got to hang with David Blaine. And that's <laughs> all the opportunity really arises, you take it. So before we wrap it up, uh, I want to give you a little preview of Friday's edition that's coming up in a couple days that you won't want to miss. Our special guest on that show is Mr. Max Lucado. Oh, yes. Maybe you heard a little Aubrey Plaza, Maybe you heard little Max Lucado. I don't want to listen. That's to the range. I don't want two podcasts. I want to put them together. <laughs> so make sure to tune in on Friday for the next edition of the Relevant Podcast. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you on Friday. Feels like it's never gonna. Gotta get that five five back in my bones before my hard heart turns into stone. So somebody please pass the megaphone. Shout it on the count of three. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. They've done nothing to age him down. It's just Kevin Sorbo playing a 17-year-old. Relevant Podcast Network.